one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I want you to stop what you're doing unless you're driving and go sign up for a newsletter. We have the link in the show notes and you need to get on it now because it is full of information. Our Lit newsletter comes out once a week and it has everything that's happening in the Lit community, including classes, workshops, retreats, free classes, on and on. Plus we have blog with recipes, articles, and every week we have a PT corner written by one of the many PTs in our Lit community. So we can help you with knee pain, text neck issues, pelvic floor discomfort, so much more. So join our newsletter, go to that link in the show notes. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Friday with Friends. Today I speak with Gretchen Schott. She is a chief learning officer, and if you don't know what that is, neither did I. I ask her all about that, and she explains it. She is really an amazing communicator, and that's no wonder because she has a master's in communication, but she took that farther and went into sales and marketing. Today she shares uh, her expertise in leadership management, how to give performance reviews, how to take feedback, and so much more. The overarching message she has too is really learning how to operate from a place of love and not fear. I hope you enjoy our conversation today. Welcome, Gretchen. So happy to have you on here. I love having other entrepreneurs and leaders in the world and other podcasters. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so let's just start right away with... Um, how did you get to the place you are now? Like, what was, what were your roots? How are you kind of inspired to go down this path? Mm. Um, so it's been a, it's not been like a normal journey, I would say. Um, the only thing that's been like consistent in, in my journey is the love of learning. I'm always creating, I'm always learning. Um, so today I'm the uh, chief learning officer for a company called Threefold. Um, and in my role there, um, I'm responsible for readying our talent for growth and um, managing our talent operating system. And um, that allows me to work with leaders and help them grow. And um, I, I just have always, always loved getting to know 
people, getting to know their stories, and then seeing the best in them and helping bring that out like consistently. I love to teach. And, um, you know, I grew up in Colorado and I went to college and I was very blessed because it was just like assumed I would go. Like there was no question. Like, of course, I'm just going to go. And then when I got there, but I had no idea, like I rediscovered like who I was when I went to college and um, I got my uh, bachelor's degree in communication. And then when I graduated, I was like, hmm, I still don't know what I'm going to do like this. I like learning. I like school. So I thought, well, um, I guess I'll go to more school. So I went to grad school and um, studied communication. And, um, you know, my first jobs were like, I thought, well, how can I take communication and like make money at this? Um, I really wanted to be an actress, but I didn't study that. And then people told me I wasn't really very good at it. And so I just thought, well, <laughs> how can I take what my love for communicating and make that into a job. And so training just really kind of made sense. And so I, I had like envisioned myself becoming this amazing trainer and this amazing keynote speaker and all those types of things. So all my jobs were in some way teaching other people how to do something, whether it be onboarding them or training them on um, company policies and things like that. And um, so so throughout my career, I, I was doing learning and training and um, and all that. I mean, it's kind of like boring. I mean, I could go into like all the different places. Well, I'm curious, can you tell uh, most of us out here who don't know what that, what is the chief learning officer? Like, it sounds like a cool title, but what does that mean exactly? (laughs) (laughs) Anytime we put the word chief in front of something, it's like, Ooh, that's so special. Um, my, you know, chief learning officer primarily focuses in the aspects of learning and development. Sometimes folks, um, might be chief learning officers and also have some kind of element of like technology. I have kind of both of those things. So um, in my role, I am responsible for everything related to attraction, retention, engagement of our employees, which also includes me facilitating workshops, or it means that I am managing our online portal, creating our online portal, creating courses. Um, it might mean that I'm coaching. It might mean I'm sitting in executive team meetings and coaching those executives or developing strategy with them with regards to their talent development needs. So it can be a lot of things. Um, I think the difference between like a chief human resources officer versus like a chief learning officer, human resources officers generally are focused in like that good compliance and regulatory, all those things you need to make sure your business is operating in the highest and best ways. And then um, the learning officers generally are focused on specifically on those people and and developing those people and moving them through um, leadership and, and growing your organization and attraction. Mm. So are you giving workshops or individual kind of sessions on leadership, how to best lead, communicate, um, also interact with others? Is that part of the chief learning officer's job? Yes, all of that. All of that. So I'm uh, one of the exciting projects that I'm working on right now is I've um, kind of developed a pathway um, for leaders who come in from individual contributors all the way up to business owners. And how do we move those people um, that want to grow and, and want to be in our, you know, our portfolio of companies for a very, very, very long time? Like, how do we move them through that? Um, which is, which is like I spent like the last two years kind of developing out this pathway and, and that. And then um, coming into this new year, I'm looking at um, pathways that are focused specifically on those individuals that um, don't necessarily want to go into the path of management, um, but do want to become experts. Because I I believe that leadership does not equal management. I believe everyone is a leader. Um, 
Oh, I, I love that. that. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's probably um, as a leader, managing is usually like you kind of get that clenched feeling, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's some people that just don't enjoy It's like they, they believe that the only way they can get it up is if I manage people, but they don't love all that responsibility or even talking with people, you know, and dealing with the personnel stuff that comes. Some people love that. They thrive. They want to be there for their team. They love supporting them. And there are other people that just aren't wired that way. Um, but they think that that's the only option. And so, um, so it, with the work that I'm doing now, um, so, so there, there is a path, like a, you know, a leadership pathway, but then there is also a expert pathway, right? And so you have like those transition points of um, determining like, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm good at what I want to do. And I could either go manage people or I could double down and become more of an expert in what I'm doing. And so then what does that growth look like? And so that's kind of the work that I'm also focusing on going into next year is like, how do we develop those paths for individuals that want to grow, but don't want to manage people? They don't want to have that authority relationship. They want to use their influence. Um, so it's like really exciting. I, I love that kind of stuff. And all of that, all of that is for people who are interested in growing though. Like none of that is... Um, None of that is prescriptive for someone that doesn't have any desire to grow or become a better version of themselves, right? Because mm-hmm. um, I think that there are some individuals who just like want opportunity, but they're not demonstrating that they are willing to to do anything for that. And um, I think there's some value in providing a path, but I always tell employees that I'm working with, like, you need to have a point of view. <laughs> like, you have to have a point of view of like, what do you want to do, right? It's not up to me to tell you, like, you should be the next manager, right? It's it's You have to just say that I would love to manage people. And then let's talk about how you need to grow there, right? Or you have to say, I don't want to manage people, but I still want to grow and I still want to earn more money or I still want to have more status or I still want to have what you know, whatever that might be. So so what would you say, just um, from your experience, what are some of the best traits to either capitalize or improve upon that that leaderships that leaders really need? Well, I think. Um, ultimately, I think you have to know yourself before you can know anybody else. So if you haven't done the deep work on yourself to really know who you are and to trust yourself, right? To know who you are and to trust who you are, um, you managing other people or leading other people is just going to be a mask, right? Because you're going to constantly be fighting against something that you don't know about yourself. You're going to have gaps or you're going to have blind spots and things are going to trigger you to behave in ways that you don't realize are not helpful and don't allow people to feel connected and don't allow people to belong because you don't know yourself. So that's, I think the most important thing is do the hard work on yourself. Um, Know yourself, like yourself, trust yourself. Hmm. And then if you do all that, then I think um, really paying attention to your intention and, and for what purpose, like how are you serving others, right? Are you, um, are you interested in building um, loyalty and satisfaction with your people? You know, are you wanting people just to be loyal to you, right? Like just be a legion, just obey what I'm saying, right? And you don't really care if they're satisfied. That's not going to really get you anywhere. Or do you only care if they're satisfied and you don't really know anything about them, right? Because if you're just focusing on folk, people that you're managing, like I want them to be satisfied, but I don't really have any tie to them, I don't have any connection to them, then your employees are going to be grateful for that until they find the next best thing. And they're going to go look for that. They're going to become opportunistic, right? But if you also are only focused on them being loyal to you and and relying solely on personal relationship, and you don't actually take into consideration 
how that relationship is helping them be them best, their best self, then at some point those scales are going to tip and that obedience and that allegiance that they have to you will turn against you and and it'll become in a, a very, you know, kind of toxic type of relationship. So I think, um, you know, working on yourself and then paying attention to how you can help others become their best self. That's, those are the two things I think. Are and, most and how much did you think like in that understanding of yourself, like taking these, these tests, like say a Myers-Briggs or something, mm -hmm. these tests that really do sometimes show us how we're almost pre-wired and like what our tendencies are, how helpful do you think those kind of tests are to, to give us a better, um, kind of landscape from which to, to operate from, you know? I think I, I love, I'm like a, a survey, like test junkie. Like I love to take assessments because I, I like to have data and I like to have data about myself. And so I think that any of those types of assessments, whether it be um, Myers-Briggs or DISC or StrengthsFinder, like all of them have some purpose and something that they are measuring. I don't think that there's one like be all, end all, like this is everyone should just do this. I think that you take all these different assessments and it's just, again, it's more data to know yourself. And I also think there are different stages in our life too, where we need to have a different perspective and insight on ourselves. Right. And so I, I think that they're valuable, but I would also say that with all of that, at the end of the day, again, you have to have a point of view so you can take in that data. It's good to either affirm what we already know about ourselves or kind of shine a light on um, blind spots and gaps that we didn't see in ourselves. And when we have that kind of light shined on something that's a little disruptive for us, it's like, oh, I don't, I don't think I agree with that. Or I don't see that in myself. That's a moment of pause. It's like, okay, well, do I want, do I want to dig into this? Do I want to know more about this? Right. And if I do, then start asking trusted friends and advisors, pay attention to that because I really believe that we attract what we focus on. And so if you get feedback that you're like, mm, I don't really feel like that's me, then start paying attention to it and seeing if that does show up. If it doesn't, you it's up to you to be like, okay, yeah, no, that was just like, I don't agree with that. I don't, I don't own that. But it's also on you to decide, like, do you want to fix that either? So mm. So for somebody who is, has a, let's, because I'm in the wellness space, let's just say mm -hmm. who, who has a wellness brand, um, that they have created and, you know, they want to, they want to work with you because you work with both individuals and companies, correct? Mm -hmm. What are some of the first questions you ask someone who is wanting to grow their brand? Mm. And grow their brand specifically with uh, with threefold or just in general? In general. Um, I think for me, you know, when I, when I am in conversation with folks, um, about their, their business, I, I want to understand kind of like, what is their, why I want to understand, um, like, why do they do it? I've had a number of people like try and talk to me and sell me on things. And they're like, specifically even like with wellness, it's like, I'm looking at you and you're not healthy. Right. Mm, so, yes. You know, right. Are you reflecting? Um, are you reflecting what you're ultimate? Yeah, yeah. What you're ultimately selling? Yes. 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 Like, don't talk to me about an exercise program, and I can tell that like you are not actually exercising and taking care of yourself. Right. Or don't talk to me about healthy, um, you know, mental health and taking time when you just came in here as a blustery mess and you're like so stressed. And we spent the first ten minutes you telling me about how how busy you are. Right. So, um, so I'm always, I'm always looking for authenticity and I'm always looking for, um, transparency, but, um, more, more importantly, I, I like 
I I care about um, people and I care about loving people really well. And so when I'm speaking with someone, I want to understand how are they demonstrating love for themselves and love for others. Um, and that might be a little bit unique compared to other people. But um, if I don't believe that you will love my employees and the, and, and the people that I connect with as well as I would, um, then I'm, I'm probably not going to, I'm probably not going to engage in that conversation with you. Right. Or if I don't feel like you're being loving even to me in the way that we're dialoguing, um, that's going to, that's going to cause me to kind of, kind of pause. So, mm. and I, I love think that. In, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you, you asked me something. Well, I was going to say, you know, this is almost a little counterintuitive to some of these like higher executives who it seems in the past need to portray this. Um, it, I mean, it's not exactly like a monarchy of sorts, but just they need to kind of portray this image and this persona of being not somebody fear, but fear and respect seem to sometimes get um, mistakenly connected. Yeah. And what I think you're saying is a leader who really is showing that they love what they do, they love what their mission is, but they're also loving toward other people um, is going to be the most successful. Yes. And I believe that um, I, I want you to be pulled together and I want you to be clear and but we can over index on that, right? And have it so tightened up. And, you know, we've got our pitch and we've got our slides and we've got our, you know, our slicks or all the things that we're going to show. Um, but if, but that is also just kind of like shallow as well. Like yeah, that stuff, like kind of, you should have that, but I'm not going to get worked up if somebody, um, you, know, you know, messes up in their, in their presentation, right? Or, um I don't know, in this, in the spirit of like showing up as their best self, like I'd rather have you be real, um, and like call it out like, oh shoot, like I see I have a spelling error on my slide. Sorry about that, right? Like I'm, right. I'm if every slide has a spelling error on it, then I'm gonna be like, mm, maybe you don't have the care that I need, right? But like one spelling error, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you're dead to me. I'm, I can't work with you type of thing, right? <laughs> so I don't know. I think that um, there's, I also don't love any kind of, um, presentation where you come in kind of like it from a defensive space. Like um, sometimes when I have worked with individuals and I've talked with lots of different vendors that are kind of in like this wellness space, I think wellness is also another one of those kind of very gray, like what, what falls into that. Right. Um, but I've talked with some folks that come in kind of like with a chip on their shoulder of like, I'm going to prove to you how important wellness is. And it's, um, you already have a seat in front of me. So clearly I feel like it's important. I don't need you to to bring in all that baggage that made it hard for you to get into a room like this. Like I'm inviting you in this room. So I don't need you to show up in that way. I just need you to show, you know, share with me, like why, what are you going to bring? What's, what's your voice in this story and how is that going to make me or my employees healthier, better and all those things? Cause I wouldn't have you in the room if I didn't care about it. Right. Exactly. So in terms of um, learning and personal development, obviously I think this is like a lifelong journey but what are some recommendations you give people in any space that they might be in, whether it's wellness or something else in terms of like always keeping this fresh and at the forefront? Well, um, I think, you know, when I think about even just like my, my own journey in, in learning, um, I've had to um, really kind of reinvent different ways in which I have learned and I have grown. And so that's something I would I would share with folks is 
if you're not a person that like loves to read, like reading isn't the only way that you can learn. And so really just be open to what are the best ways in which you can get joy from learning something that you don't know how to do or investigating something that you're curious about, right? So um, that might be, um, instead of reading a book, maybe you're good at listening, right? So try the audiobook, right? If you don't like reading at all, um, there is so much content in the world today. You know, go on Google and look up the author and see if you can watch a talk that they did on that topic or that book. Um, maybe it's just asking someone in that same field to go shadow them for a day or just, you know, ask them about their job. Um, or maybe it's volunteering at some event, you know, where you go and immerse yourself kind of in the experience. There's so many different ways in which we can learn. And I think that folks get stuck in like a fixed mindset because they think about, well, I don't have the opportunity. I can't take the time off. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And there certainly is, you know, certainly barriers, but I, I really believe that if you desire to grow, if you desire to be the better part of yourself, it is an ongoing journey. There isn't like we ever be like, okay, now I've learned it all. Like I'm no. done. Yeah. Right. There's like, the more you know, well, the more you know you don't know. Yes, exactly. exactly. And and I believe that like when I am learning something, then I start thinking like, well, how am I going to apply this into like my family? Right. And how do I how do I take these lessons into my home? Um, or I might look at something that I do in my business and I think about, okay, well, how can this relate to making my family better? Right. And so I go from like learning and applying it in my home to learning it in my business. And then through my business, I think about oh, what kind of influence does this have, right? How can I impact my community, right? And so then when I start um, participating in my community, well, then I learn a whole bunch of things that I didn't even know that I was ignorant to, right? And I go all the way back into this cycle of learning again, right? So I just see it as like this ongoing affinity loop of, you know, learning and applying and influence and impact and then learning again, right? I like that you said applying because I, on the other end of people who just get one certification after another, after another, mm -hmm. after, you know, like a, and there it, it's, it's almost, some of that is good. And then it becomes almost like there's just the pursuit to acquire it, but you're not applying it or right. you might do something. And then you're like, wait, there's, there's another course out there that has like a different point of view. And, you know, there's those people who just kind of collect all the certifications. I see this a lot in the wellness community, mm -hmm. but they're not, they don't really have a stance. I mean, not that you, like you said, you don't want a rigid mindset, but if you're not applying that knowledge and then seeing like the results of that, like you said, in the community, in your own personal development, in your relationships, you're not giving yourself a chance to let that knowledge land and be integrated. I don't know if you see a lot of that as well. Oh, absolutely. Because I think that we are in a culture of consumption right now. Yes, that's it. It is. And, it's like, what and, is this like? It's almost like a, uh, yeah. It's 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 not just a pursuit. It's it's a compulsion. Yeah. Well, and and the the challenge with consumption is consumption also requires you to continue to be like separate and and mm. um, and more and and like this concept of like i need more like like there's not enough i think it it breeds like this concept of like you're not enough and you need to continue to get more you need to continue to get more yes versus, it's like a lack of confidence that you yes. just need to keep on yeah 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 there's i, I got to get that one more cert right oh she got a cert mm -hmm. so now i got to get a cert and i got to get a, a license right or um 
Whereas, whereas I believe I, I would much rather come from it. And I, and I think that that's also based on like a scarcity, right? Like that's, I'm going to miss out. It's the whole FOMO. It's all those oh, things yeah. miss out versus thinking about abundance and how do I take what I know and how do I share that? And how is that serving others? And so by serving others, I'm actually connecting, right? So I'm not consuming, but I'm connecting. I'm, I'm connecting ideas. I'm connecting people. I'm connecting stories that all come together. and um, I, you know, I had a very good friend of mine, I was talking to the other day about, um, this idea of stories and this idea of sharing and that, you know, there are some of us that are tapped to tell the same stories, but we have to tell it from our voice because my voice, someone hearing me right now is going to make a lot more sense than maybe your voice, Laura, right. Or, um, somebody else's voice and saying that, and it's not like these aren't super always unique ideas. It's just, it's the same concept that it's a message that needs to be shared, but we need other voices sharing that so that it resonates with other people. So Mm, I really like that a lot, that idea of like, you know, sharing in community and, 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 and connecting versus always just consuming, because I think you really nailed it on the head. Like we are in such a consumptive mode and, and, and everything is set up to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I see this a lot in the wellness world. Somebody will, again, get this certification, try it out. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait, but somebody says something different and maybe I should go over there. And it's, and it, yeah. it, like you said, it's breeding this lack of confidence and FOMO and insecurity. And it doesn't mean that you can, you can have a point of view and change it or amplify it or, you know, Again, that's that's part of really feeling strongly about something and passionate and sharing it with the and connecting is that you also always have the ability to pivot and change or you know just augment or whatever. I want to share with you a little secret I have. This secret is this amazing skincare line that I've been using now for a year. Now I am a product queen. It is the one thing I spend money on. I don't spend a lot of money on clothes, but I love products and I love skincare products because I want my skin to really reflect and showcase how I feel inside. But this is honestly the best product I've ever tried. And I love the fact that it's vegan. It's all natural. You could literally eat it because it's totally organic. Herbal face food. It's the most potent anti-aging, multi-correction, antiviral skincare on the market. It is, it's magic. It's, I can't even describe it. I use a little bit of Serum One a few times a week and it tightens up my skin. And then it also kind of whitens it a little bit, makes it feel like all the sun damage disappears. But you can go for the correct, the Serum Two, which is like the correction, and that goes into the more sun-damaged areas. So you're just going to have to try it for yourself. So go to the show notes and hit the link. Lara20 is the code for 20% off herbal face food. I love it. I love it. I want to share it with you all. Right. I mean, in the work that you've done, I, I have to believe, like, when have been times that you have felt like the most connected in the community that you work with? I feel it a lot. I mean, I feel it just like if I share something and perhaps I've said it, like you said, a thousand times, but somehow it came off a little different and it landed and, you know, and then I hear back like that just changed the way I feel at work or or the way I move or I just started thinking about something differently. So I, for me, it's 
it's I'm I, I'm I'm privileged to get that feedback often. A, mm -hmm. I have a platform, so it's just a connection where people, you know, will have a class and then I'll get all kinds of feedback on it. I have trainings where I, I get feedback, um, but even social media and connecting with other people via podcast or corporate events I'll do, I can see that something that, you know, that I'm teaching lands and it's just, it's wonderful to get that feedback, to know that it, you know, that it, it, um, it helped somebody, you know, in some way. But don't, and I think that you're like me in this. Um, I, 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 I ask for feedback. So I, I, mm -hmm. I am open to that. And I, I am I too. Yes. Out. Like we're, yes, yes. And I, so, that, so I think that's also a, a, a tip and a, a big thing is that you, you need to ask for it because I also, and I think what I've had to learn is that um, with my personality and I, I'm, I'm a very, positive. I'm a very bright, I'm a very shiny, you know, sunny type of person. And I've had to tell people who are really close to me to say like, I need you to tell me um, hard things. Like I, I can take it. I think that sometimes because I'm so positive that sometimes people don't feel like they want to say hard things to me thinking, well, she's so nice. She's so positive. She won't be able to take this feedback. But I actually, I, I, I appreciate that feedback and I, I request it because I want to get better. Um, and because I ask for it, then I also feel like you you open up that door for trust to reciprocate it, right? So if I'm asking you for feedback, um, I'm going to do something with it. And then I'm also assuming like you would also be open to feedback, right? And I think, Absolutely. I think you have to kind of, you said you're blessed to get it, but I, I have to believe you're blessed to get it and you receive it because you ask for it and you give it. Yes. And I've, I mean, I've had to learn too. I think um, getting feedback is something that we have to think of as a different lane than like when we were, you know, growing up or in school and you were just getting criticism per se or some, or some kind of criticism. Feedback is meant to be constructive. It's meant and it might not be like what, you know, something you're doing is is not being received well, but it's not against you as a person. Right. It, I think, and so I'm separating those two things always with this idea of like, okay, what is going to benefit my message and my life and how, um, like if I come from that versus making it personal, I think that's really important for people to do. This is not, even though it might be a reflection of something I'm doing personally, it's really meant to, again, move the dial towards something more positive and I'm similar to you, like it's actually really hard for me to give feedback um, in a in a constructive way sometimes. I've gotten better at it because I see like, oh, here's a positive, here's a positive. And it's almost like I look for that because I think that's, I'm also a more kind of positive person. I think we kind of, you know, we reflect a lot. We mirror what we internalize and how we live our lives. And mm -hmm. so to, but it only, it's gonna benefit somebody if I can actually say, here's how I think it can be done better, or here's how I can think it will ultimately be um, you know, more impactful and you should try this and you know, try this instead. So I've learned how to give it in the way that um that I want to receive it as well, I think is is yeah. is how I'm looking at it. But yeah. yeah, it's really it is important. And what I've learned like with my brand is, and I'm always like, please give me payback. How can I make this, you know, better or again, resonate. And because it's, it's, there's a lot of high, high, highly scientific information. 
I have to remember like that isn't going to land for everybody. So it's really nice when somebody said, oh, the way you said this or the way you presented it was very like I got it. And that's where I have to remember, oh, okay. Like I, I don't have to like showcase my knowledge. I'm showcasing it in a way because I'm able to pare it down into something that is more lay, you know, lay friendly, lay, lay person friendly. Yeah. Well, and when we're doing this kind of work, um, we talk to people who love this same work. And then we kind of also get stuck like in our own little community of like, um, you know, whether it be academia or whether it be whatever. And, um, and then we come out of that community and we talk to a different community. I, I always find like, sometimes some of the things that I share um, and when people say to me like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. I never heard of that. I'm like, really? You've never heard of this? It's like, this feels like basic for me, but right. it's because they don't talk about this all the time. So it is, it's right. new, right? And so I have to remind myself that like, I got to get out of my, my community of people that like talk about this stuff, like all the time. This is all we think about. This is all we think about all the time. And when I take, and again, this gets back into like why it's so important for that, that infinity of growth. It's taking that and applying it in another context with another set of people hearing that it's like, oh, okay, that's what hits. That's what resonates. So mm -hmm. anyway. yeah, I think you're right. Like getting out of your own bubble, because you, if you do want that message to be received, you, you have to see how it's being received outside of your bubble mm -hmm. because we, we've, we're only living in our own house. So we don't know what it's, you know, somebody else's kind of house is like. Um, I love behind you, you have this do everything with love, I think is what that says. <laughs> yes, it is. That's my Yes. I love that. So how would you approach that? Like when you, how, how do you apply that? What, what is your version of do everything with love? Mm. Um, well, you know, I chose that actually is a, it's a verse. It's a one, uh, Corinthians 16, 14. And a couple of years ago, I was very honored to be asked to be a woman of the year candidate for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And when I took that on, I, um, I prayed about it a lot. And I, I, this just idea of like, do everything in love, like how, how can I go into this opportunity and be my best self, but also help others. And so when I think about everything in love, it sounds, it sounds nice and wonderful. I have often been given feedback and I've been told, you know, I love people really, really well, um, which I, which is like the greatest compliment, but loving people well also means like loving people who you don't necessarily care for really well and serving them well too. Right. Um, so I, I think, um, everything in love is how I show up and the word, the words that I use, the way in which I talk to people, the intention in which I bring. Um, and it's, it's also paying attention to, um, things that I don't like, you know, things that I, um, you know, stories or, or, or the ways in which people, um, represent themselves that I don't care for. It's, um, loving the person and finding things to connect with them so that I can be respectful and that I'm perhaps an opportunity to grow through that. So um, I, I'm not a person that generally says like I have, like I don't have a lot of enemies, um, but that's also kind of a really shallow way to look at that too, because you know there are people that speak on television or people that post on social media that share things that I disagree with. And in, in that sense, you could consider that person to like be your enemy, but um, 
I, I do not want to be a person that sits like in a tortoise shell and like pulls a cover over my head and is like, la, 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 la. I can't say anything bad. Nothing I don't like. Um, but I have to, you know, I have to look at those types of messages or those types of people and say like, okay, I really don't like the way that you show up. I really don't like the words that you're using, you know, but what is it about you? What is it about your message that I can find some common ground? Where can I find some respect? What can I, um, you know, where do we have value? Like we're both, maybe the value is just like, we're both very passionate about this topic. We see it very differently, but I can respect the passion that you have, which makes me know why I'm passionate in the things that I'm passionate about. Um, and I, and I think it's about serving others, you know, doing everything in love is about being very, very humble. It's about, um, how I'm showing up in the world and how that's making the world better, not just me better. I think it's a way to center myself so that I can be a service to other people. I love that. That's really beautiful. And I think that's in itself, that practice is, is like that infinity. It's like you're practicing self-love as well, because mm -hmm. if you, you know, we project a lot of the things that we feel inside and we see that with people like, you know, and that's what I always like, if there's somebody that I don't agree with, or I don't like, like the, the way that they're conveying it, I go right into compassion as much as possible. Like there's something that's hurting that, mm. that would, that, that probably is the kind of fertilizer for the way that they're conducting themselves. So let's just, um, kind of cap this all off with your final ways that you would recommend to people that you work with, or in, in general, what you found is of how do people um, give themselves more love? How do they find that connection? Um, I, I think a daily practice of stillness is very important with that. Um, especially in our world today that is so noisy and so busy. Um, and so I think to practice more love, you need to have times of quiet where you can reflect and kind of examine your conscious, be um, intentional about moments of gratitude. What are you grateful for in your life? Where have you um, had opportunities in that day? Um, I think it's also important to, um, in that quiet and kind of stillness, um, be open to where have you not been your best self and how can you do that differently the next day? How can you show up differently? Or is there somewhere that you need to maybe make an amend and um, and how you would structure that? So that's the first thing. The second thing I would say is um, cultivating community that brings you joy and also affirms your gifts. And so I, I believe we know that we're using our spiritual gifts when what we're doing brings us lots and lots of joy and other people tell you that they are experiencing joy as a result of those gifts, right? So um, cultivating relationships that allow you to live out your gifts, I also think is important. Um, I think um, knowing some, having some intention around a, a greater purpose, right? So whatever I, I, I talk about this often that whatever's at the center of your life will determine the values and beliefs that you have. And the values and the beliefs that you have determine the actions and the decisions that you make. And the actions and the decisions you make have effect on the influence and the impact that you have in the world. 
And so being really, really clear on what's at the center of your life. You know, if the center of your life is your faith, then how you, what you value and the decisions you make is different than if the center of your life is wealth and the values and the decisions that you make and the impact that you have. Not, you know, that's not saying that one is better than the other, but being clear on what is at the center of your life right now has, um, in, it, 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 it's an insight into how you're showing up and what you're spending your time, and what you're spending your energy on. And if you don't like where you're at, if you don't like the time that you're spending, if you don't like the impact that you're having, taking some time to really reflect on what is at the center of my life? You know, is it the people I'm with? Is it the time I'm spending? Is it the job I have? Is it the place I'm living? All of those types of things impact that. So, And, and just um, piggybacking off of that, how does one know what is the center of their life? Like, what is the question? Is it like where you find your, that you spend the most time or you spend the most thought or you um, prioritize the most? Like what, how does one know yep. like what that is? What, what, um, what gets your attention, mm. right? So mm. where, what is, what is taking, what are your thoughts about? What are you spending the most time doing? What is the thing that you just can't stop worrying about, thinking about doing, that is what's going to be at the center of your life. Um, and the beautiful thing is that we get to change that too. So if you discover that and you're like, oh my gosh, you know what the center of my life, the center of my life right now is stress, you know, or the center, the center of my, or maybe I, I think uh, a, a lot of people I think would say, oh, the center of my life is my family, which is beautiful. Like wonderful. Make your family the center. But what is it about your family that is the center of your life? Is the center of your life about your family trying to control everything in your family so that they have a very specific experience that you believe? Like that's, you You need to, to, to think about like, why is that so important to you? Why are you spending all that time? What, what could maybe be underneath that, that you actually need to reveal for yourself? Like that's an area of self-care, self-love that you need to attend to. If you have this desire to control, if you have this desire to um, be prescriptive and like navigate and helicopter parent your children, right? Or if you have a need and a desire to like try and control your parents because now they're at an age where they can't take care of themselves. Like what is going on there? Like, where do you need to attend to your own self? So, mm. oh, that's, that's really good. That's really <laughs> good. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, getting back to that, when you were talking about the person that comes in, like, I'm so busy, I'm so busy. Uh, that made me chuckle a little bit because I remember about 12 years ago, I, I thought to myself, I'm going to stop saying that out loud Yeah. and I'm going to catch myself. And it isn't to say I don't ever say that, but I try and reframe it like my, oh, life is really full right now or something like that. Because what I'd love to know what your opinion is, like I, I have my own opinions about why people say that, but what do you think people are truly trying to say when they're like, oh, I'm so busy, I've got so Oh my gosh, I think it's a lot of things. And I agree. <laughs> my for me, the word that I'm stopping, I'm trying to stop saying is worry, right? Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, oh, I'm so worried. Like, I'm not worried. Because again, I'm a woman of faith, right? So if I say like I'm worried, then I'm basically saying like I think that I'm smarter than God, right? And like God is smarter than me and he's got a bigger plan and stuff I'm not gonna get. Um, but with the with the busy, I think busy comes from this culture where we have said like busy is valuable and you have to demonstrate that you're you're always busy. It's like there's no value in just being still. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, busy equates to achievement, busy equates to status, busy equates to productivity, busy equates to execution, busy equates to growth. 
And I would argue that actually growth isn't happening when you're busy. It's when you're uncomfortable that you're mm. growing. And I don't know about you, but I am not usually busy. When I'm uncomfortable, I'm not like busy, busy, busy. When I'm uncomfortable, I'm like, ooh, hold up. Let me sit back. Like, oh, I it's still, can't. I know. Yes. All those yeah. things. It's like I pull back, right? Pause. When I'm uncomfortable. Yep. So yeah, I but love that. What do you think? You said you have I think so too. I think it's that, like you said, it's like a little, it's, it's a, it's an award of some kind that, you mm -hmm. know, that somehow, and then we're, it's almost like, it's not like we're purposely or intentionally trying to one up someone, but it's just this, like, look at all the things I have going on. And this somehow has value when it really doesn't, I think of like, just kind of just skitter scattering around without a, a purpose, you know? And, and so mm -hmm. I feel like we can be um, like you said, on a path and on a trajectory where there's purpose and things, there are full days, but like busy to me is the same. I don't feel like you're in it. I don't think you're connected mind, body, spirit when you're busy. I think it's just this idea that you are achieving something, but you really, like you said, I love it. It's not until you're uncomfortable that you're really growing. Cause I, I mentioned that all the time. It's, we never grow without some discomfort, struggle, and or feeling. And that's not something to run away from. That's really just, that's how we get stronger. And it, it it's, um, but that happens, like you said, when you pull back or, or a little bit more still and not that little zipping around feeling like I got to do this. I'm so busy. I've got to pick. It's, I, I think it's also just, we wire ourselves. And like you said, with worry, you're wiring that message. Like worry, it's it's almost like an onomatopoeia. You say it mm -hmm. and you feel it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, can you can you just reframe that? And yeah, like you said, have you it's it's again not like just chucking all like whatever happens, happens. I'm not gonna think about it. It but it's just not living in that space where you don't have the faith that things are gonna work. Yeah. Um and and by a lot of this is language, like you said, and that's all that growth yes. mindset. It's like the language is is important because you're listening to that. Right. I was going to say, you, you said language. I was, I was going to share that. Um, I think uh, Brene Brown wrote her book, Atlas of the Mind. And what I love about that book and what really made me pay attention was the language piece and and how there are just words that we constantly use but they don't they don't mean like they don't mean what we think that they mean right and i you know worry a lot of times i think when people say like oh i'm so worried you're you're not worried right what you know what the issue might be is you're not worried you are um hopeful right or the worry might be um you're scared or the worry is um you're trying to control right? Like you're not worried. You're like upset because of the lack of control that you have, or you're, you're not worried because you're uninformed. Right. And so when you change that, it's like, am I worried? No, I'm uninformed on how this might look versus, you know, I'm, you know, I'm worried about my kid coming home on time. Right. Like, are you worried that they aren't going to make it home? Like what, what's actually underneath that? I think it's, I don't know. I just, I love this idea of us really paying attention to these, these words, these tapes that we keep playing in our heads. Yes. And asking, where did that word come from? And, and is that the actual, is that the actual word or is there something else? Um, and, and stress is, oh, I'm so stressed. I don't think you're really stressed. Like, what are you, you know, is it stressed? Are you, are you scared? Is it, you know, I don't know. I could talk about that forever, but yeah, yeah. I agree. I totally agree that the words, the words matter because we're mm -hmm. listening and our body's listening. Our nervous system is listening. So 
Well, Gretchen, thank you so much for your time. Can you just tell us a little bit about how anyone can find out more if they want to dig into the things you're offering, including your podcast, which I've been yes. on. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for mentioning that. Um, I, yes, I also, I have a show it's called made for impact. Um, and on my show, I talk with leaders. In fact, I had you on Laura. Um, I have, I have, uh, leaders that come on and share, um, either the impact that they are hoping to make in the world, or they share about the impact that they've had and how that's affected them and their journey. Um, and, uh, for me, if you are interested in connecting with me, the best way is through LinkedIn. Um, and you can find me there. And, um, I'd love it if you checked out my show and listened. And, um, if you would, uh, drop me a note, I'm always happy to talk about this. I feel like I'm like the biggest learning nerd ever. I loved it. I could talk these kinds of conversations all the time, um, and just share new ideas. So I love it. I love it. Yes. We'll have all that in the show notes. So Um, everybody check that out. Thank you so much, Gretchen. I really appreciate your time and your wisdom. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And for everybody listening, as always, I'm pulling for you. 